0: Welcome, everyone,
1: to a new episode of The Film Stage Show. I'm sitting in today for Brian J. Roan, who couldn't make it tonight. Uh, it's me, your benevolent lord and master, Jordan Raup. Um, <laughs> I am joined by uh, Bill Graham and Robin Barr. Hello, guys.
2: Hey. Mm.
1: And I'm excited today to be joined by Gerald Perry. Uh, hi, Jerry. Hi.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, absolutely. Glad yeah. to have you. Do you want to tell um,
0: the fine folks here a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, I, have, I'm a, I guess the, I'm a veteran film critic, means that I'm uh, very old, and I've been doing this forever. Uh, I came to Boston in 1978 to be a full-time film critic, and I've been doing it, I guess, for whatever it is, 40, 50 years, so uh, forever. And I'm also a, fil- a film professor and a documentarian, and I guess that's it. I, oh, I write now from something called the Arts Arts Fuse in Boston, which is a uh, arts website.
1: Oh, excellent! That is, uh, yeah, you got started decades before Park Chan Wook even picked up a, a camera. So that's before, we're excited. He picked, that. Before he picked <laughs>
0: up a rattle, I think. Yes. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Jerry's got great uh, knowledge of film history. Yeah. Which I thought would be a great uh, pairing for this movie, which has so many. Oh yes. Uh, tropes and other things that uh, right. the director plays with. <laughs> I
0: know. I know my tropes. I know my tropes. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Yeah, and just, um, just to fully reveal, we will be reviewing Park Chan Wook's um, mystery, romance, thriller, noir uh, genre uh, shifter, uh, decision to leave, which is now in theaters, courtesy of Mubi. Um, and yeah, as a little bit of a preamble, we uh, we are on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook The Film Stage Show, and pot- you can email us at podcast at thefilmstage.com. Uh, you can become patrons of this podcast by visiting patron.com slash show For as little as $1 an episode, you can get access to our private Slack channel and a first crack at all our raffles and other fun stuff. Uh, there's been a lot of interesting, interesting discussions lately, Robin, mm-hmm. I'll say, about... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I have not listened to the Barbarian episode yet. We'll be dropped, which will be coming out before this, but uh there's a lot of yeah, horror related talk just in time for November. Um
3: mm-hmm. it's it's Noir been a November. hot day on the Patreon Slack channel. Oh yes.
1: Oh yes. Um yes, if find out more at that link patreon.com slash the film stage show um and we are also brought to you by mubi uh a curated streaming service showcasing exceptional films from across the globe every day movie premieres a new film from iconic directors to emerging auteurs there's always something new to discover with movie each and every film is hand selected it's like your own personal film festival streaming anywhere anytime um and yeah this week they have a ton of good stuff uh they do have uh thomas vinterberg uh, who had another round recently he is film prior to that, The Commune. Um, another change of pace for the versatile Dogme95 Dogme co-founder Thomas Winterberg, this freewheeling world of 70s Denmark and its messy dynamics of free love are vividly brought to life by an impressive ensemble cast. Um, so yeah, that is one to check out. They also have a bunch of fun um, stuff. If you missed out on a few horror films uh, last month, they have um, Dario Gento's Deep Red, which uh, I just got to see in a theater, which was very exciting. So lots to check out there. Um, you can try movie free for thirty days at Mubi.com/filmstage, and that's M-U-B-I.com/filmstage for a whole month of great cinema for free. Um, all right, are we ready to dive into uh, Park Chan's decision to leave? Hell yeah! Yeah. All right. Go cool. for it. Um, <laughs> I will forego uh, the trailer playing since uh, I maybe we'll drop a little bit of the nice score, but otherwise uh, we can dive right into it. Uh, we usually start with our guest uh, with a, some nutshell thoughts on the film. So, Jerry, would you like to kick things off? Uh, what okay. did, What were your thoughts? Your general thoughts?
0: Well, first of all, it's a um, it's a Korean film noir, and it sticks pretty closely to the again, I use that famous word tropes to the tropes of film noir. There have been a hundred films which have had the base the, the the same plot, which is that a detective. Um, goes trying to find the uh, murder to solve a murder and he finds himself enraptured falling in love with a woman who is a suspect and he gets derailed from his uh, investigation in good ways and bad ways so that, that's kind of this that's in a nutshell the story um, it's a movie in terms of its popularity it's very interesting it has a a 90% rating on Rotten Tomatoes for critics and a 90% for fans, which is not always true. So seemingly everybody likes this movie <laughs> except me so I'm, and maybe somebody else that we're going to talk to. So, uh, yeah, so I'm I, I'm an outlier in this movie. I like some things about it, but I scratch my head about lots of the other artistic aesthetic decisions. So that's enough for me. All right, thank you. Uh, Bill, we'll jump to you. What what did you think of Decision to Leave?
4: Uh yeah, so I really really liked uh The Handmaiden. Um and I watched the uh extended version or whatever and uh really really enjoyed that. I've also enjoyed Stoker. I've enjoyed um you know, Old Boy. Um so it's it's not like um I'm coming into this completely uh you know blind uh which sometimes with some of these uh foreign language films i'm just like i don't know they told me to watch it and i watched it uh this one i'm actually like looking forward to and uh i was very confused from the jump (laughs) uh this film starts off like a rocket and you're just like whoa 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 what is going on and there's like like two or three different investigations going on at the same time and you're trying to kind of balance it and you're like who's who's going where um it was it was almost like intentionally confusing and i'm not sure why they decided to do that um but you eventually kind of get your bearings and uh this film continues to kind of Twist and turn to the point where you're always kind of on your back foot, always kind of second guessing what you think you know, what you what you do know, um, character motivations, things like that. Um, and yeah, I enjoy is a strong word when you're talking about this movie. Um, I think I think I have to see this again. Um, and maybe i need to see it uh this is a good time when a uh a conversation like this can probably like bring something out of this film um give me something to watch uh on the second viewing uh so i am looking forward to that but um Overall, I, I would hesitate to even recommend this. Um, I think it's, I think it's good at moments at times, but it always just keeps wandering in a way that I I just, I just couldn't quite grasp. So, um, yeah, I was kind of frustrated with this and that's, that's unfortunate, but you know, I mean, it's better to be frustrated by something than just be completely just like, okay, well that was dumb or boring. So, you know, there's that.
1: All right, Robin, what did you think
3: of the film? <laughs> so shit. I really thought I was going to be the, the outlier jerk and just, you know, shit on a movie that's been uh, completely, you know, venerated. Um, I mean, if you look at Twitter, there's nothing but a- effusive praise for it. Um, so I really thought like, maybe I'm the dumb one when I was watching it. Uh, but I don't think that's the case because I, I watched it with, my husband and a good friend of mine. And my friend is not what I would call, you know, like a total rube about film. Um, and he, like the three of us were just totally just waiting for it to be over. Um, and, and I, some, I put the fault with me a little bit because I'm not the biggest fan in general of police procedurals. And particularly, I, I think I'm very allergic to the kind of direction that is weird for weird sake. It's just not my style. And so when you pair noir, which is you know a, a genre I respect but not something that I love, with a director like Park Chan Wook, who who is you know pretty ex- explosive in, in the way that he tells his stories, um, it, it just kind of fell off a cliff for me. And ironic, um, considering some of the things that <laughs> you see in boom. this movie, um, you know, it does some interesting things visually, you know, the cinema, the, the cinematography, the music, um, you know, those, those things kind of come together. But at the end of the day, to parrot, you know, what Jerry said, it's just another noir movie about a cop who gets tangled in a web of lies with FM Fatal. Um I couldn't really couldn't really see the the pure beauty that lots of other critics are seeing. Um, it just to me, you know, story has to be story whether it looks good or not. And I just couldn't get into the story.
0: Yeah I would say back to what Bill said. I'd say confusing is never good. I think mm-hmm. if a film is confusing, that I again it's never a virtue. Um, Do not blame yourself if you are confused. Blame the film. I think most people who are, you know, really into real cinephiles tend to venerate directors and think whatever the director Mm -hmm. does is correct. And if I didn't get it, that's my fault. I need, as Bill said, I need to see this movie again. No, Bill, you do not need to see this movie again. It was confusing. Well said. (laughs) and, And I think, Complexity is really good, ambiguity is really good. Confusion mm-hmm. is bad. Or just Negative. like being
3: uh, obtuse for the sake of obtuse. I, I yeah. don't really get that.
0: Well, uh, well, that's yeah. again, that's assuming that uh, the great director only chooses to be obtuse. Maybe he just screwed up in this film. Maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's yeah, it's just yeah. I his, think he his, might be
3: savvier than that. But no, uh, but
0: I think you know maybe his narrative. You know, acumen failed him here. Let's wait for the next movie. But for this yeah. movie, it didn't work. For me, at least.
3: So, Jordan, I'm yeah, curious. Will, yeah.
0: Yeah, I will be uh, the
1: outlier jerk on this episode. That, that <laughs> Yay! No, it's not no, just I, me. I, I, no, no, no. In terms it's of It's usually uh, me liking, is what I'm it. saying. Yes. <laughs> well, it's yes, usually Brian. Gotcha, gotcha. It's yes, one or the that
2: other. that is true.
1: <laughs> um, no, I... Yeah, so I did see this movie twice, I will say. Um, I saw it about a month ago and then uh, just today. Um, yeah I quite liked it I, I was pretty absorbed the first viewing and it is I do agree it is dense there I definitely did not you know take away a full comprehension of the plot the first viewing but I think the um, you know some of the elements you guys are talking about where it's um, the twist in terms of the plot um, you know I was more he, he'd so much on top of each other and t- literally like there's voiceover on top of you know, scenes where characters aren't actually in them, but think, you know, saying that they're in the space and it's like, you know, and it's impossibly dense. And so with that stuff, I was, I think my brain was, you know, the reaction to it was, oh, this is interesting. I wonder what, you know, what's going on here. I can't wait to kind of come back and see what's like, what he's really, you know, this puzzle piece he's building. Um, And so, and I do agree, like by the end of the film, you, there's so much going on, then you realize it's like actually a much simpler story than you thought and like it all kind of washes away uh no pun intended either but um and wow. so I thought that was an interesting uh gamble to do and I do agree it's not you know I like Bill was saying Park Chan because a lot of really great films in his um in his filmography I don't think this is you know up there with the best but I do think you know on purely just like a craft level I do think it is certainly worth seeing and then I think there's a lot of other elements um to recommend and even you know talk through and discuss with you guys i think you know tang Wei is is quite incredible in this movie as this kind of a knowable figure for much of it um and uh and yeah and i you know like i said i do agree i think that he, he was building towards a film where there could have been a bigger emotional impact and i don't think he got there i think he you know because of some of his trickery it kind of pulls away from things that could you know from a, a more impactful like finale but i do think um yeah, I think he's playing with a lot of really fun tools here and um excited to see him kind of expand his, uh, you know, what he's able to do. You know, a lot of his films, you know, he's known for kind of these kind of genre, more violent, um, uh, yeah, exercises. And to see him do something a little more romantic, a little more, um, like you said, this noir kind of mystery genre was interesting. But, um, but yeah, um, so yeah, overall, I did like it. It's not, you know, not in my top 10 of the year. It's probably a little bit higher, you know, you know, top 20, top 30, but, um, but yeah, I did. (laughs) Jordan um, has like a top
3: 100. Uh, It's uh, insane. Well, I
1: just, I just rank all the movies I've seen vaguely. And after like after the 20, it doesn't really matter. But, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that is, I guess my general thoughts. Um, I do feel like there's not much in the way of non-spoilers we could talk about unless there's anything anyone wants to bring up, uh, that's more general. Um, I mean i guess i mean we could talk a little bit about the craft beforehand i'm I'm curious for people i guess it's all of you who didn't really like it like was the craft (laughs) at all um like pulling you along i feel like i mean just to call a few things out like i think he um you know in today's modern age i feel like a lot of directors really don't get like technology or how to you know integrate cell phones or integrate like computers and i thought he did it in like Yes, a more, a more um, obvious way, but still in a way that seemed like slick and seamless and like interesting and like, just the way like they use cell phones, it it felt quite accurate. Like, you know, you see there's a scene where he's going through apps on someone's phone and, you know, he's trying to close apps and sees, you know, another another app that reveals like a big clue to the whole mystery. And like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I just feel like I feel like an, a lesser director would have just kind of thrown something at the screen and like jumped to the the easiest possible solution. And it felt like he really thought through like everything there. Um, and then like on a, on a, on another level, like, you know, the shots of, you know, you're looking, you're literally inside a camera looking at through the camera and what's on the screen mm-hmm. then and into the actor. I, I don't know. I just, I found that stuff interesting at the very least. Um, maybe it wasn't totally compelling for you
0: guys, but yeah. So I think, I, I think that's, I think maybe? that's all a good point. I know. I, I really, I, I do respect the things that you res those things that you respected. And they they are solid, important. And yes, he's a you know very talented director that way. And yes, he used technology technology in an interesting way. And then we get to the parts that are not good. But that that has to that needs to be conceded. Yes. I, yeah. I, I agree okay. with everything you said. All those are definitely positive things.
3: Yeah, same. I, I mean it feels organic. I do remember one of my husband's comments after the movie was just like can movies stop making me read fucking text messages like it's
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> like i and and you know how do you say that when you're also watching a movie in another language that's not native to your own and so you have to read the the subtitle no matter what but i think i echo his point which is so i realize that text is a huge part of the way that i communicate at the same time like is that the most um, compelling way to tell your story I don't know maybe I'm maybe I'm just more old school about that and and I and I'm not this is not a really a criticism of the movie it's just like a maybe a just a comment on how ubiquitous it is now you know in television and film to tell much of your story over text like it felt really innovative 10 years ago now I'm just kind of like just just say it out loud so I can you know continue my crocheting or whatever it's a t- it's the lazy men's you know, view of, of, of watching film is like, stop making me read as much as, as you want me to. (laughs) But again, it's a movie that I'm reading essentially. So what does that matter?
0: Sure. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. I think, you know, obviously I think the, I feel like so many directors that are at least like at the top of their game now are like scared to do modern, uh, like capture Life as it is. I mean, I'm thinking of like Tarantino and PTA. I mean, it's mostly American directors, but like, if you, it's they're fun stuck to see in like the a past, director. though. <laughs> exactly. No, I know. Like, they would never. They, you know, they're stuck in period pieces, so to speak. So it's fun to see like a director with quite formidable talent like dive fully into it. Which like get kind of his get did give me slight Michael Mann vibes with also Tang Wei being, you know, obviously in, in here in Black Hat in here. Um, I was gonna say a lot. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of like love for her. Uh, especially i'm just curious um, yeah
3: she really stood you know, out what to you me. guys
1: yeah what you guys thought i mean it is such an interesting character in the term in terms of like she has to be kind of you know you, you're not supposed to know her motives she's just kind of <laughs> there but like i feel like her presence is so impactful and like you realize why this guy is uh is, is so drawn to her. And um, I mean, and, and it's not just because of the incredible um, costumes and and with her fuzzy colorful sweaters. I noticed out in the second viewing, I was like <laughs> every other scene, she has like a brand new color, of bright, bright color. Uh, but yeah, just curious what you guys thought of of her performance specifically.
3: Uh, she well, to me is the best part of the movie. I mean, she she, draw, she drew me in. She was basically the only thing I really wanted to pay attention to on the screen. Um, And I had completely forgotten that how much I loved her and lost caution. So I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Like I was just, you know, immediately pulled back in by her by her charisma. Um, But, you know, she uh, she does a a difficult thing. Um, I mean, she's a a Chinese actress who is speaking in Korean, but as a, a Chinese national in the film as well. And so she's she's carrying a lot of um a lot of weight in this particular role
0: yeah well it's totally subjective and uh again i'm going to be a spoiler on the bad side i was not drawn in by her i did not find her hypnotic <laughs> and that but this is me and so and therefore i didn't understand why the guy found her hypnotic if i didn't mm. find her hypnotic so i was watching to me the two actors with the, the cliche who had quote, very little chemistry between them. And uh, if I didn't feel any chemistry and this is all about uh, as I don't, is this a spoiler to say that they, um, I guess it's sport they yeah, don't gonna... do this and they don't do that. They just kind of, <laughs> they kind of, we, I can't say yeah they, they don't do, but they, you know, stare at each other and, and, and are, and are, are, are near each other physically, but, I felt nothing, but so, but but at this point I can see that anybody's seeing the movie, it's, it's their movie. And, and if they felt something, the chemistry, then it's there because you felt it. I didn't feel it.
1: Yeah. They- we get let's
0: let's get into spoilers and we can kind of i dare
1: i be the one to try to um to do the plot synopsis that i've seen it twice um, please do sure. i can, <laughs> go <for> I can <laughs> try and you guys can help me out through it if, 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 okay. but i picked up on definitely some things um i,
4: I have slappy right. covered so yeah. you, okay. when you get to slappy uh, okay. I, I'll, I'll help you out
3: <laughs> and, and i will okay. kind of preface Happy. and say i agree with you that it actually is like a shockingly simple story and that's i think what frustrated me is like it you have to unpeel all these layers just to get back to the same core plot mm-hmm. that we have seen a million times before. And so I think, like, well, what are those all? What are all those layers? Is it just, buff, you know? So, but yes, please explain the story.
1: <laughs> all right. So uh, Tang Wei's character, her husband, um, fell from a hill while uh, climbing a cliff. Um, she is suspected of the murder. Um in this section, we learn other things as well, but the um so you know the our detective played by parquet ill is kind of on the case um we see him kind of um uh, staking her out um we learn that she is uh a caretaker at a facility um and this is where it gets I think the first kind of interesting twist that comes in is like when you see her staking or when you see him staking her out, you realize like the um, He's showing you in the building next to her when he's actually on the phone with her. And I thought I think that's like adds the first layer of comprehension um, quibbles potentially uh, where you're hearing voiceover through her phone. But and you're seeing him next to her when he's actually just on the phone talking to her Um, and he's imagining, I guess, being next to her. and so I thought that, that, you know, that adds a layer that then gets expand, expanded upon in, in different sequences. But um, <laughs> so that's one thing I'm kind of second view I picked up more on. Um, and then, um, so, yeah, you learn, I guess we can kind of fast forward a bit. You're you're seeing, um, you know, it ends up she doesn't, um, you know, she doesn't get try. You know, she doesn't go to jail for this. She doesn't get, you know, she's not the, uh, you know, doesn't get, you know, whatever you say. She doesn't go to court. There's nothing, you know, she uh, time passes. Um, and that kind of is the part one of the film. Then in the second part, um, and this is where it kind of convict, you see another um case uh at the end of the first part where uh he's, he's talking about pressure. another case. yeah, he's getting yeah. pressure. Well, first to, he's on like, he, close,
4: yeah. close one to get onto the yeah, other.
1: you see her talk about the like uh wall of unsolved cases and then that um she zeroes in on one and he starts to talk about it, and that's where you see. There's like this is where I was slightly confused by, and you guys can help me if you think if you know it better. But there, there's a you see like I guess it's a flash forward or a flashback. I don't know of a uh, of a chase sequence where his partner gets stabbed and then he goes to the roof with the guy who then jumps off the roof, um, which is a completely different case. A flash.
4: It's a flash forward.
1: Okay. Um, I had no so earthly like idea. A, idea. I have no idea. I'll just
0: say okay, okay, just, <laughs> it's just I'll just say it's sure. a flashback because I don't know. It's a flashback. <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's not a flash um, for it, but I
0: don't know. Question mark.
1: Well, it's my a thought there reverie. It's, un- yeah. <laughs> it's a dream. If it remained on. Un- it's a flash. If it remained uns unresolved, and then when he was talking about it, and then it became resolved through that flashback. So my thought is he's talking about something that that's happening in the future. Um, like that then comes to fruition, maybe. I don't know. I that's where it was it's slightly confusing. But um, and so yeah, so that person um yeah, and so then it kind of jumps to that person then falls off uh the which i thought it was interesting his use of scissors there in that sequence which is obviously a nice call back to old boy and the scissor sequence um uh but anyways the <laughs> not the one in Johnny,
3: handmaid, handmaiden
1: <laughs> oh yeah there oh, you go yeah wow this is just i forgot yeah um <laughs> and then yeah we jump i got i think it's uh a year 13 months later i believe it says mm-hmm. um and we see uh Park Hale's character uh, who is now like kind of rekindling his relationship with his wife, even though she's um, she's like, you look like a dead corpse of who you once were. <laughs> um, and I thought that like the food in this film was amazing. And I love that pomegranate sequence and how like when they're like, you just wouldn't see that in any other film really. Um, <laughs> and just like the te- textures of that, it was fun. The kind of conversation there. And then, yeah, and then you, um, soon, soon enough, another murder happens. Uh, or no, first you see her um, at the fish market Uh, which I thought was another great scene. There's literally a fish eye lens used, which was funny um, as as a fish. Um, And then, yeah, you see her, they get reconnected. You kind of learn a little bit about what she's up to and her current husband. Um, But then her husband is found stabbed in a swimming pool. Uh, She's then put under um, like temporary arrest, um, but she didn't commit the murder. Um, This is where it gets slightly more confusing, but you realize that there's this other man. Um, and then it's like this really kind of shocking, um, sh- like smash cut where she talks about like getting, you know, you, I forget what the exact line is, but about like getting beat or something. And then like it cuts to the guy beating her. Um, yeah. And anyway, so was very she- confusing. <laughs> yeah. And so I think, so, you know, I, this is, this is my hypothesis. Uh, so that, that person, uh, is, his name uh, is Slappy. Yeah, slappy, there you go. um Flappy. that person uh she didn't kill him, but she killed his mother. Um correct. And that's why he's and yeah, and that's why she's mad. And uh and then there's this whole kind of backstory where um her husband like reinvested the mother's money and lost it. Um and then so she he's, drugs he's the mother and kills a, her.
4: He's a pyramid scheme yeah. or a Ponzi scheme.
1: Yeah, Ponzi, yeah. yeah. Um drugs the mother and kills her, and then um And she knows that, like, uh, she'll eventually, uh, yeah, he might eventually kill her, I guess. And so, um, so yeah, so then he, but he dies. Another person ends up killing him. (laughs) And then towards the end of the movie, you realize, um, you know, it goes to this kind of, you know, last little um, epilogue, so to speak, uh, where she's at the beach. Um, She throws away, like, you know, her phone, her, she throws her phone in the sea. Then I guess like, I took it as like, she's like the final, she did in fact kill her husband. And I, at the, you know, the first part of the film, And I thought that actually was a really well done sequence where um the, you realize like he finds out there's she on the, on the person she's taking care of her phone had like 138 steps on this one day that she was supposed to be there. And so he does like tracks back and, um and, you know, finds that it was exactly 138 steps to get to this top of the, you know, from where she was to get to the top of the mountain, um, and I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, the way that was all handled and uh, and conceived, and like the, um, you know, that's another part where they're playing around with like who's actually in the scene versus not, and like you see Parkayil there too, like looking at her. And um, anyway, so so yeah, so then she, so you realize like she she did do this murder, this first murder, and like she's her, <laughs> she did a murder, she, yeah, she did a murder, yes, and her first, um, you know, I mean, this is her last. Um, know the last piece of evidence is kind of herself and so she um decides to kill herself um and destroys the evidence and then like there's a great line um i wrote it down because you know this is kind of i think will opens up open up a lot of the movie for me where it's um she says in chinese to him which he doesn't understand um the moment you said you loved me your love ended the moment your love ended my love began um and it's kind of this chemistry idea where it's like only you're seeing like one a one-sided romance for much of the movie, because there's only at certain parts, there's only one, you know, he's the one that's more interested in mm-hmm. her. Um, and then like, you know, once she finally kills herself is when uh, things. Spoiler. Know, she, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We're in spoilers. Oh yes. Um, no, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just kidding. um And so, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. And then obviously, you know, the last shot of the movie is him looking for her uh, in as the sun sets uh, and will probably never find her, except my one question mark is uh, I feel like as the tide comes in and goes out, the sand will get less and less and then she'll be discovered. But um, I don't know. I don't know if that hole was was deep enough. Um, so anyways, I think that, is that, did I get that 80% yeah. right at least?
0: <laughs> yes. As far it, as
3: I can understand.
0: So, So as Robin said, it's a really simple story, but as you can see, it's also just filled with complexities. And and when you tell it, suddenly having that whole story in Act 2, which is its own mini-mystery, it's just too much. It really is too much (laughs) for anybody to say, come on. That's structurally the wrong place for all that. The Ponzi scheme and the grandmother and who kills who with that. It's just too much. It's wrong. It's wrong. It reminds me a little
3: bit of like uh, Drive My Car in that it's supposed to be this like meditative uh contemplative story that's rooted in all these traumas and yet i just i was like just counting down the minutes until it ended It's like let's go yeah
1: i mean I i can see that i i think i'll just quickly say like i i was like jolted in a very exciting way when it said like the 13 months later and then like you know, cause I literally mm-hmm. thought the movie was ending and I was like, oh wow, this is like, he has a whole other thing to tell. And like, I was excited by that, but yes. I can see how it might be like, if you weren't into it, I could see why like that could be, you're like, okay, just get it over with. But for me, that was like, like, that's when I like woke up and I was like, oh, okay, we're doing it. We're like shifting into a whole new mode. Um, and then obviously when she comes back, it was exciting, but yeah. Sorry, Bill, I what think- were you going to say?
4: I think, you know, The Handmaiden does a really, really good job of going through a long piece of storyline and then backtracking, and then you get a different person's perspective. And you get that just a little bit enough here that you think maybe he's pulling that trick again, but you just don't really get a lot of extra insight i mean you get a little bit but it's not enough to really kind of change the story in a significant way and i felt like i was watching this film and at about the halfway point i i paused it and i realized there was an hour to go and i was like Mm -hmm. another hour i was like what the hell I, I, I was very confused because it seemed like the film was wrapping up and then yeah it shifts and the timeline changes and then all of this other stuff changes but when she reappears I was waiting for there to be a new dynamic and there's just not a new dynamic between the two of them it's it's the same exact thing and so I just didn't understand why it would morph and shift that way if you're not going to introduce a new perspective or well, a new dynamic.
1: I I think it's I think it shifts a bit. Like you see the you know the scene at the um, in the snowy mountaintop is like when they and they first they actually have like a more of a physical physical connection, like the um. Mm-hmm there's the, I, the, my favorite scene from like the first part is where she's like does that like breathing thing with him in the in the bedroom that was like the one one of the moments where there i thought there was like kind of this interesting chemistry at least like mm-hmm. sensual kind of actually i will say no that one and then when they eat sushi and he cleans the table off like just like the the uh <laughs> like that level of like detail and like you're just showing this thing that no other noir would do i feel like he's really good at like those details and Um, so yeah i like those two scenes a lot and then i do think like it kind of shifts a bit where like she's more willing to open up to him like slightly like there's a scene where you think she's going to push him off the ledge and he like kind of screams like a little girl and then um, (laughs) and then uh then he realizes okay yeah and then she's hugging him so like there's i do agree it's not like a 180 where it's like it's like a new person has been born after 13 months but um but i do think uh i do think it's like an, an slightly different dynamic, but um but yeah I do agree with you with you Jerry for sure. Like the I don't think I don't know if that part needed to be as needlessly convoluted as it was. Like it would have been more interesting I think to have like you know you don't need that extra layer of like another murder or like another person in this murder. It's not even a triangle anymore. It's like <laughs> a rhombus. I don't know.
0: Something, yeah. <laughs> something huge. Um but yeah. So I actually like the idea that there was a second murder and that after she seemingly had gotten away with murder one and we don't know she did it. So I think, hmm, she's done it again. There's another murder. And that, I thought that was kind of black humor. And I, I chuckled at that point. My only laugh of the movie was about the second murder. But then after it occurred, as we said, then the, instead of having that nice and clean, it became this very, very convoluted, uh, convoluted story. And, uh, and who done it and why they done it and where they done it, it's, yeah, it got really uh, pretty boring. Um, so can I change uh, shift to a couple of other yes. interesting things in the film? Um, there's a, a documentary I just saw called Brainwashed Sex, Camera, Power by the independent filmmaker, Nina Menkis, a feminist. It's uh, like the male gaze movie, right? The male gaze movie. Yeah. It's very heavy handed. It's really didactic. (laughs) It's a power presentation, but she comes up, you know, brings up the old point of here we go again, male gaze, male gaze. And so, so with this movie, um, is of course the male gaze is, is really back in this film. And so, do we need it again is the question so um is it wonderful and delirious that he imagines himself in her room or is he just a creepy pervert who me too <laughs> you know rejects as just being the wrong kind of man um i i just throw that question out to you so you know it looks beautiful and it's a foreign film and you know but is it just the same tired man peering at women in at least the first part of the movie What what did other people think i'm not sure
4: i thought he uses it in a specific way before this before he's actually interacting with her in this way um Uh, And I can't remember quite what it was, but I thought it was kind of like his, I don't know, like his empathy machine or like kind of Mm. his secret, his secret, like cop ability. Um, And I thought that was interesting at first, but yeah, it, it ends up kind of being him. I think his insomnia is kind of tied into this and his his sleeping problem and stuff like that is that he is so delirious maybe at times that he's just imagining him actually being in the room um but it is a creepy visual and it it reminds you much more of you know a serial killer or something like that but it also reminds me a lot of one of my favorite shows which is hannibal where uh the lead detective as brian likes to point out his name is uh will graham um he has that ability where he can kind of reimagine what the murderer was actually doing while committing the murder, um, and he, you know, the show kind of revolves around him having this like very, very visual uh, kind of remembrance of the murder actually happening, and then, you know, but yeah, this film kind of plays with that in a in a yeah. little bit of a different way.
0: No, but in this film, specifically, it's a woman that this guy's got the hots for. You know, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a, you know, he's a visual stalker. You know, very romantic, you know, heightened, mellifluous way. He's a stalker yeah. doing this. So, um, and
3: and what's they, the big difference between a stalker and a detective, though?
0: Well. Well, the, to, presumably the detective is not there because he's at, he thinks this woman is hot and that's why he is really on the case. But at the same in, in
3: time, case. like, and I, I don't disagree with you, but I think we have seen this character so many times before that it's really hard for me to parse whether... It, it's hard for me to parse whether this is, well, you know, a stalker or just another detective character who uses his privilege to get into spaces that he otherwise would not be able to emotionally yeah. or physically. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay.
1: Isn't isn't there a scene with um I think it's like his boss or something where he it's like his boss is like oh you're not wrapped up with that case yet like it, it feels like he's using his privilege to like overextend yeah his time with her obviously and like Absolutely. I think that's kind of the interesting part of the movie where it's you know he's yes being a, a little weird and creepy but he's not like he's very careful to not like push boundaries Like, as you can tell there's like no nudity in this movie. There's no like, you know, like there's no um, it's, it's just like very small things. He's like pushing to like do or help her out in life. And like, and like see almost like seeing what her reaction is. And the fact that she's so, so like one-sided and like, like I said, unknowable, it creates this like interesting dynamic where it's not like, you know, he's not like I've seen like to Robin's point, there's been so many movies about, you know, detectives overstepping their boundaries. And then like, you know, trying to pursue relationships and all those things. And it feels like part of the fun of this movie's, I guess fun or kind of interesting yeah. hook is like, is like, is he going to even do any, like, is he going to take this, anything to a next level, even like asking her out, like not even like being creepy right. about it. Just like trying to like, <laughs> well, see ask what ask
3: her out, like they're <laughs> in middle school and not. Well, I, married. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll like take it like, you know, break up with his wife and take like try to pursue a relationship and see if she's interested. Like it's uh, it's there's so much in this movie about like what's left unsaid and what is not uh, you know, and what's not out on the table. Um, well, that, I think yeah. one I mean, one, I, one
0: way one way to look at it, I think is that you know th- we have a director who is famous for films about violence and films about sexuality. So that it's the director himself who has decided in this film that I am going to have no sex and I'm going to have virtually no violence. And we're going to have a couple who are enamored of each other. And yet I think they kiss once in the movie. So therefore, and this goes back to what I said before, I, with all these, um, these blockages and parameters, there's gotta be a hell of a lot of eroticism going on. And it's possible without anybody really touching. And to me, yeah, as you, I said before, it's just these two people in a room who are ineptly doing nothing, and I felt <laughs> no chemistry, so, so that <laughs> didn't work for me. But if it works for you, it means that the, he has managed to create this in really intoxicating atmosphere without anybody really touching. And it's possible, yeah felt I mean that it's way. not
1: like I will say it's not like uh like a Wong Kar Wai, like it's not like in the mood for love where yeah. like some of these sequences right. with like the wallpaper and everything like kind of remind me of, but like yeah. it is I think it's interesting what he tries to make erotic or romantic, um and it's like like I said, it's like a scene of them like eating sushi and like, yeah. and like, he's pushing boundaries clearly. And like, even his coworkers are like, I thought that was kind of funny, this whole subplot of like what they're allowed to eat at lunch. And like, and he's like, <laughs> don't get anything too expensive. And then like uh, earlier, and then his coworkers, like, oh, is that sushi covered under our, uh, in our meals? And like, yeah. he's clearly going above and beyond and breaking right. taboos in his own, like limited protocols at work just to like, get closer to her and like try to win her over in some ways. Um, And so like that dynamic, I found like a lot of humor in and like, yes, some like romance, even if it's potentially misguided. Um,
4: Well, I I think one thing that's really fun is and Jerry, it sounds like you have a, a comment. I'll let you speak up here in just a second. But one of the things I found really funny was the fact that like he has this romantic gesture where he cooks for his wife and she's like, well, we could just order like sushi. And he's like, no, like I'm, I'm here. I'm going to cook for you because that's, that's different. Right, Because I'm not I'm not here all the time and she's always complaining about the fact that like she he should move there and and stuff like that uh, it sounds like he's just kind of splitting time uh, between maybe she's got long shifts and he's got long shifts and so it it just doesn't align and so he's it seems like he has an apartment over in, in where he mainly yeah. works yeah. Um, yeah. but he cooks this meal for his wife and it's this nice romantic gesture and all this and she she really really seems Seems to enjoy it and then he kind of does the same thing for c ray and uh i know i butchered that i'm sorry uh the, the romantic interest uh and he does the same thing and because she's from mainland china um he cooks a chinese dish for her uh and clearly like does it really really bad to the point where when she first sees it and tastes it she's like is this Chinese food? And he's, he he's, looks defeated. And it's one of those funny moments because he, she's just like, cool, cool. Thank you for cooking this. Like it, it's okay. Like it's not what I was expecting, but, uh, you know, and it's, it's one of those moments where it kind of turns it on his head where that easily could have been written as this romantic gesture and, you know, followed through on. And instead it kind of turns into this thing where, you know, he tried to cook Chinese food and I guess completely botched it. So. Well,
0: Bill, you're, you're just, Bill, your description sounded was so much more delightful and uh, (laughs) a a great narrative than when I saw it on screen, that scene just passed me by, but that was nice telling of it. Yeah. Good scene. That's, least your version of
1: Uh, it yeah that that scene that that's when i only picked up on the second viewing and even like and what follows where he you know takes you know she's trying to burn these photos that you later realize is because of you know trying to get rid of evidence but it's it's more you know for her you know he she's saying it as like these cases are now solved or they're resolved um and like that's a scene where like he's pulling the photos away from her and you know, clearly he wants to say, I want to keep these because I love you. And like, I want to have you on my wall, which is probably the creepiest thing when, when you realize like, he probably didn't need to take all these photos of her. Um, and so, yeah, Mm -hmm. anyways, I thought that was interesting. I I actually, Jerry, I was going to ask you because, you know, this is, I'm not the first one to bring this up, but there's, you know, obviously some heavy Hitchcock, um, slash Mm -hmm. vertigo, um, you know, connotations. There's like this fall, uh, I think Justin Chang wrote on his review, which is great, great review on LA Times. You know, there's a fall from a great height, a surveillance right. subject who becomes a desired object, a romantic noir template that resets and replays itself halfway through. Um, so yeah, I'm just curious, like, you know, it's actually funny. We we did an interview with Park Chan-wook um, for the film stage, and he actually mentioned how he's not even a fan of film noir movies, um, and yeah. he didn't really specifically call it Vertigo, but um, I'm curious from your perspective how this kind of fits in with like the you know, the homages it might be trying to do and, and what your thoughts are on, on how successful it is there.
0: Well, yeah, I think, well, in interviews with this, about this film, he has said vertigo. uh No, I had, didn't even think about it. And then another interview, he said, well, vertigo, maybe it's in there just like conversations with my daughter, everything is in this mm-hmm. film. So, so at the most he is slightly acknowledged, but yes, vertigo is absolutely in this film. It is, um, uh, as you've mentioned from Justin's review, all the, that's a big theme in Hitchcock is people hanging from buildings and falling off buildings. And, and um, the vertigo opens, if you remember, in the middle of a, a nightmare. Uh, Scott, Scotty, the character played by uh, James Stewart, is having a, a nightmare of characters running across a roof and one character falling off. Actually, it's not a nightmare, it's actually real. It it looks like a nightmare because that's, but it's, but in this film, indeed, there's the same scene with police chasing cops across a roof right out of vertigo. Um, We have a scene right out of vertigo where uh, the detective follows the the woman in a car, one car chasing another car. That happens all the time in vertigo. you, as you mentioned, there the, are the, the definitely things out of, uh, what's the other Hitchcock movie we just mentioned? Rear well, Window. Yeah, I re- mean one, window, the, yeah. The, yeah, one the, guy looking out one window into another window. Um, so, and, the, and of course- The woman
4: the, changing her hair.
0: Absolutely, so that's, yeah. Like mm-hmm. That's
4: vertigo 100%. And I And I
0: think we mentioned before, what's missing in this film is that when the transformation happens, when, when our femme fatale returns, She's basically the same person she was before. And that's so different from Hitchcock, the great movie Vertigo, when Judy, when the return of Kim Novak in another, in another guise is completely transformatory. It, it, it is delirious in the best surrealist kind of way. But none of that happens to me in this movie. <laughs> Just Here she was in part one, yeah. here she is in part two. Same lady, same, not that interesting lady for me. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah it's it's definitely missing that like kind of overall like suffocatingly yeah uh like tense emotional just like something's right. uneasy at all moments kind of feeling that vertigo has which i love right yeah
4: um i think i think one one Part that I really enjoyed and Jordan you kind of touched on it at first um how this film kind of embraces technology and uh it even made me uh second guess if uh I even have this function on my, on my apple watch um but uh the detective, all throughout the first part of the story, um, he kind of double taps his his smartwatch and records himself, and he's constantly making these. V- verbal notes to himself, um, about what she's doing, about notes on a case, about just different things, observations. Um, part of this is, you know, a little bit of a narrative cheat on Park Chan-wook's, uh, you know, um, side, which is, you know, fine. Um, but he also plays those audio cues for, um, Tang Wei's character at one point as well and she's listening to it and she starts to cry and she starts to realize like how much he he (laughs) kind of creepily enjoyed watching her observing her noting all the things intricate things that she was doing uh he keeps going on about how she eats ice cream for dinner um but what I found interesting, and it's one of the few times where I actually enjoyed this kind of tweak is when she comes back right that 13 months later she's doing it and he's no longer doing it so now she's got these audio notes that she's kind of you know we're getting insight into her mind and things like that um she's saying these things out loud um at one point i think he gets a phone that has those all those recordings on it and so he's listening back to them um and i found that that aspect pretty interesting um in the way that it was using technology and kind of delivering narrative exposition and stuff like that in this kind of clever way
1: yeah the um that's yeah. I think you can do that with iPhone, with your Apple watch. Yeah. I believe now I will try it out. I, my next murder case. Um,
4: I, I just, I don't know if, yeah. if I could just double tap it and it just works like that. Oh, I think yeah, you know, yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe you have to have an app running or something like that. So, uh, yeah. So you know.
1: I mean, that's where yeah. like a second viewing definitely helped unpack. Like, what are you actually hearing during like very climactic sequences or at least like kinetic sequences where, you know, the scene where he's, um, he is chasing, retracing her steps from the murder she did. And it's like the 138 mm-hmm. steps. You're you're actually hearing the husband's um, voiceover of the YouTube video that he gave huh. retracing what he was doing. And it's like, that's, you know, that kind of totally washed by me on first pass, but like, cause you don't actually really see it. Um, and so, and there's, like you mentioned, like, and then as like, you know, towards the end of the film too, when there's a lot of voiceover, you're you're, you're seeing that. But, um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, I appreciate the director's like, uh, you know, gung ho attitude of like, let's just layer some more things in here and just see kind of what <laughs> happens. And it like does, you know, give this kind of breathless quality to what's happening like that you should be completely engaged, but it definitely, I think, you know, I know Robin and uh, Jerry, you guys aren't going to watch it again, but I do no. Think, uh, no. It, uh, yeah. it definitely does help unpack things when you watch it yeah. again. And, um, but yeah. It By is, the question is, do I
3: want to unpack anything?
0: Right, right, no. right. And by the way, that's, yeah. uh, I don't know if that's a merit of the film that after watching it, hey, you found out you have new things on your cell phone than you could do. Is that, is that, <laughs> do, right. we, do we give credit to the movie for that? I don't know. I mean, that's oh, how, it, it, could, it could make a lot more know. money at the box office if it just was sold as
1: like tip, iPhone tips and tricks, iPhone tips. The movie. <laughs> oh, um. I, I did want, I'm sorry.
0: I did want to add one more uh, very, very important comparison to Vertigo. And that's having the two women it's having, if you remember in Vertigo, um, Scotty, the character has a girlfriend, Midge, who is a very nice down-to-earth person and he loses total interest in her because he is completely into the mysterious woman, the, the mystery woman. And, this, yep. and we have that exact same story here with mm-hmm. the down-to-earth wife who is a very nice person, nothing wrong with her, she's pretty, she's kind and she loves her husband to death, but who cares? boring? When, yeah, boring.
1: Yeah, I, when, I really wish the- that, um, that that relationship was developed like a lot further, because those, those are even some of the like funniest sequences where she's talking about like, you know, 55 percent of men uh, are in sexless marriages end up in divorce, and like all, you know all those like, little kind right. of like yeah. uh, dinner banter they have is like kind of funny. Um, the, the, the question.: but, yeah. And
3: their sex is hilarious. Like, <laughs> one of the funniest sex scenes since election, probably
4: yeah looking uh, at the tv what, <laughs> yeah. one of the, one of the interesting things to think about is whether they would have ended up splitting up you know i don't think we exactly figure out what they i think the timeline is too short but she definitely is leaving him at some point uh towards the end of this film and it's funny to kind of think like would she have left him eventually anyways or is she uh Tang Wei's character kind of the instigator or things like that because honestly it is it jumps 14 months and he's living over there with her now and you would think okay well now everything should be completely happy right everything she she got her wish right he's back home um he's kind of seemingly left detective work behind right he's not even wearing his smartwatch anymore so clearly he he's not taking notes right um and so uh, and it seems like he's he's using the um what is it? The the machine to help sleep at night. So now maybe yeah, he's actually yeah. sleeping at night, yeah. and the, it's the like creepy
1: jellyfish guy who sold it to him. <laughs> <yeah. seen. laughs>
4: and it's just like okay, so all of these things are going right, and as soon as she's introduced, it seems like maybe it takes a couple of weeks, and then she's leaving him, and it's like whoa. Day. wouldn't that that you would figure that it would take a lot more than her characters inner reintroduction into the film to, or for a longer period of time for it to knock this off a rail. Yeah. Um, it could have so. been like one of those
1: like things where it was a breaking point, like that scene in the bath, you know, when he's on the toilet kind of, and she's at, in the bathtub and she, he's like completely
0: ignoring her. Maybe for her, it was just like, all right, I'm not really get anything out of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Bill, you're suggesting maybe 15 more minutes of film at that
4: point, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, they're dreaded uh, already at the two-hour mark. Yeah, give me another 15, 20. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't. I, I think, I think if if you've gotten that far, that's that's my thing. Is if you've gotten that far, you should have already told that that aspect of that story. So, yeah. yeah. But no, yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying.
1: And, and i do think we can we can wrap up soon but i wanted to say quickly like i know i talked a bit about the craft but i we did post um there's a great like visual effects reel that um that like the the south korean company who worked on this film um released and it's it's pretty fascinating to see like what was visual effects and what and what was not um mm-hmm. there's a whole uh i don't know if you guys noticed i really noticed this a second time especially after watching the reel but there in the interrogation scenes the um mirror in there is all a green screen or blue screen in this case and um there's a shot in, in the film where um the camera's like racking focus from the person you know from them in the room and then like to the mirror and also keeping them in focus and that's all done like yeah you know the, the mirror part is all visual effects and like there's uh it's really interesting like the setups they add and then like obviously all the cliff stuff it, you know is much more visual effects than you realize but um but you really don't know, like, you know, you'll be kind of shocked, I think, if you watch this thing. Uh, and I'll, I can link it in the show notes. But um, I think it's kind of pretty, a, t- a pretty good testament to Park Wook's skill that um, he, like, knows when to implement it. And even though we, like, after watching the reel, you'd be like, oh, he kind of overutilized uh, visual effects. But then, like, watching the film, I don't think that comes across whatsoever. So uh, compared to most, you know, blockbusters nowadays, um, uh, it was just, it's it's pretty cool to see. Um, but Yeah. Uh, So
3: so I know we talked a little bit about the Hitchcockian nature of the film, but I also definitely got shades of basic instinct. And I don't know if that's like recency bias for me, but the Mm -hmm. erotic obsession with someone who's just like clearly the villain or the quote unquote villain, you know, and and just, you know, it, it just made me wonder, like, if half of cinema was just made up of dumb cops. Like yeah.
2: is that just
3: the <laughs> is that just what I've I've come I should come to expect? Um it's like anytime I see a cop on screen it's somebody who is just easily compromisable. I suppose there's no story if that weren't the case. And it's funny too because that movie also features a, a quote unquote midge um played by Gene Triplehorn right. who is pretty sexy in the movie but compared to Kim, uh, not Kim Basinger, uh, oh my God, Sharon Stone. Compared to Sharon Stone, I mean, she yeah. she looks like a nerd. Um, it's just <laughs> totally funny to me. And the comparison of obviously the, the sex scenes is also, I mean, one film is clearly comedic. One film has camp elements. Uh, I think Decision to Leave, you know, it's clearly has these quirky humoristic, if that's the word like hum like there's humor in it in a way that there isn't in basic instincts, um, unless you consider irony of the humor of that movie. but you know I, they're they're t- they're so different tonally and yet they follow just the same pathway. and I think that's really where I struggle.
0: If I could throw in quickly two more other movie references because uh to this guy who the director who claims he doesn't really know anything about film noir i think a uh, uh, double indemnity has mm-hmm. uh, the main character of barbara stanwick her profession she was a nurse mm-hmm. who seemingly had killed some of her patients and we and, and, and yep. the and the character here is a nurse the femme fatale with also a kind of dubious past what does she what has she done um, the other movie that quote at the end of this movie, um, which I, I don't, I forget who quoted the last lines where love began and love ended. Yeah. I think that comes from, uh, Nicholas Ray's In a Lonely Place. I don't know if really? people have seen that. Oh, I,
3: I just saw it pretty recently actually yeah. within the last well, year. I do, did movie. not remember that at well, all. Do you
0: remember there's this poem that keeps being said and when at the end of the movie when, um, Gloria Graham leaves Humphrey Bogart. She sort of repeats this thing because he's turned out to be a violent man and she can't be involved with one. And so, so I think those are, you know, maybe it's all in my head, but uh, because I think, you know, we old film critics tend to see everything as a reference to something else sometimes completely. Yeah. There's
3: nothing new. (laughs) Nothing (laughs) Nothing new in the world.
0: Yeah. And I think I, I wrote about this on Facebook. I, was trying to go back and find out where did this whole story start with the you know the cop being enamored of someone. And I actually recently saw a 1929 German film called Asphalt, directed by Joe May. And in this film, it's about a cop, a lovely, nice guy who lives with his parents, sweetest man in the world, and he goes off on an investigation and, they, and he falls for this clearly slutty, You know, horrible woman (laughs) who uh, everybody in the world could see is not to be trusted, and he follows her, and and it ends up with his, I I believe, death at the end. Should not have followed her. So, there already in 1929, (laughs) this story is already on screen that we're seeing in in uh, Decision to Leave. It's already there.
3: Is that also (laughs) the storyline of of human bondage? Am I remembering that correctly?
0: No, you know, no, that's not a no. Well, he falls. But he's not he's a writer i think in a human bondage he's not a, but but the not, idea is that you just yeah, fall for like the biggest flag yeah falls for a falls waitress who can't be trusted and he and he goes off the rail and mm-hmm. and whatever by the way bitches just a, just
3: can't be trusted i think that's the the women lesson can, no women can't
0: be trusted once again no watch out
3: it's all started with eve
0: And yet, Robin, you seem like a nice person, but...
3: Oh, no, I'm evil. I'm totally
0: (laughs) evil.
3: (laughs) Ask Brian, (laughs) our regular co-host.
1: Yeah, just her her movie opinions. Nothing else. Just kidding. (laughs) Um...
4: One thing that's funny about that is you're just giving fuel to Robin Spire because she just went on a tangent in in our barbarian review about how, you know, it was recycling themes and stuff like that. And it's just like, okay, well, yeah. oh no. Not not Noir as well, you know. So, back I mean, to, to me the nineteen twenties. There's,
3: there's one Noir plot and it just keeps going and going and going.
1: Yeah, the uh, there there's actually uh, he cited this too as well, but the um there's an amazing 1960s South Korean film called The Housemaid. I don't know if you guys have seen or heard yeah. of that. Uh it is it's been it is on my list fantastic. for a while. Yeah, it's so good. It, it, it definitely, I mean it's more it's sort a of contained horror, thriller. Right? Uh yeah, a little bit it, it's like uh there's definitely a femme fatale character though as well. That's kind of the central uh not so much horror, more like yeah, just really intense kind of super heightened melodrama slash thriller slash domestic drama. Um, But it's really, really well done.
4: I think one thing that's interesting about this film is that even, even as you start to realize what Tang Wei has done, I never really... Feared that she was going to turn on the detective at any moment i never felt like he was under threat in any way and that's not because she's a female like i i feared for uh was it dustin or is it dustin um uh michael douglas's life all throughout oh, basically yeah. i was like yeah. hey, this this motherfucker is yeah. about to get stabbed like she's um, should have been. Really like
1: playing yeah, she's clearly like playing yeah. along in the movie too. Like, it's not she doesn't seem as really antagonistic. More like, let's see what this guy really
4: wants to do. Like, yeah. um, who Tang Yeah, a
1: little bit. Yeah. yeah, she's not like. Yeah,
4: yeah. And so I, I just never really felt like. It was dangerous for him to be involved or be interested in her in the same way that usually these film noirs are like ooh the you know the the scary, you know, uh woman that you've never seen before and she's usually super sexy and all of this stuff, and it's like this film never really does that. Um I mean she is a beautiful woman, but it never really turns that corner where, like, I was fearing uh, it, the potential relationship. I was like, he should just divorce his wife and be with this woman that he's clearly in love with, and they clearly have chemistry. Like, but
3: do they? I, I mean, yeah, do they? I, I, I don't, well, I just didn't two see Two against it.
4: two, I
2: guess. See, I
3: thought she was very attractive. I thought she was, uh, you know, there's a, a certain charisma to the actress, but. I didn't quite get the, from his perspective, yeah, I, the, the the desire. And, you know, aside from the most erotic sushi eating scene, <laughs> on, scene. on film, like, yeah. I th- there's nothing beyond it to me.
0: Yeah. That turned me on. Yeah, that I mean, sushi yeah. scene, I get it. That really turned me on. I, yeah, because <laughs> I, I really
3: wanted something. some sushi afterwards. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> no, no. So, yeah. So, Bill, I don't know. So what you're saying is a positive, I guess, Robin and I are seeing as a neg. I don't know. It's not negative that she's not stereotyped as this femme fatale as a killer. But the fact that she is no threat means I think if you don't find her charismatic, she's just this dullard sitting in what one- He's standing there <laughs> looking dour and she's sitting there being dull. And that's for over two hours.
4: Look, like, he's got sleep apnea. Like I, I, I get it. You know, <laughs> his his thrills are limited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did
3: like yeah, the fun. character. Yes. Uh, I think it was the second partner that he has once he moves up north. Um, she was a yeah, a, uh-huh. yeah, a fairly. I don't know. I hate to use the binary here, but like a kind of masculine woman, and she was pretty funny. Sure. Um, and I liked her character. I just again, I I wish it. I wish the film had maybe a little more focus. I, yeah there's i think just, I it think just we, goes like, in so yeah. many different directions it, and i just wanted it to be like show me show me the stuff that's working
2: yeah
1: mm. and and even like well the, the scenes we're talking about where it kind of has a gives them the moment like the, he gives the film a moment to breathe and stuff are like the more interesting scenes so like mm-hmm. like to your point a bit earlier where it's like we're not really seeing her you know we don't fear for her um, his life at all like i feel like it's because the film is so breathless it's not like he's not trying to build suspense via like suspended sequences, it, uh, susten- suspended scenes. It's like more, um, like through his editing, uh, which is like rapid fire. And so that I feel like by doing that, you lose like any, like uh, natural tension that might come from a scene. Like, um, and I know that's not really a style, but, um, yeah. but I think if there was more moments that we could like take a Little bit of a breath. It it could have helped with that aspect, um, but like I said, I, le- I love the craft. And I love the editing, and in as you know, as just a feat of technical wizardry. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll I'll see what he. I think his next project is um, is actually a TV series with uh, Robert Downey Jr. The Sympathizer. That, that oh, I was book.
3: looking forward to that. Yeah, the Pul- um, Pulitzer. So I'll be winner. curious
1: to see. Yeah, he's also yeah. he's also he,
0: going to make an an axe murder, uh, an oh, axe murder film. Yes, that's that's yeah. it. that's coming up. So he is returning to violence. That, that one is has
1: been rumored for like fifteen years, and I don't know if it's <laughs> actually going to happen. Like I remember reporting yeah. about
4: that in what twenty. If, what in, if the twist yeah, I mean, is that the axe is very dull, and yeah. so there's just no blood, and he's just bludgeoning people instead? <laughs> I, I like that the idea back back of back a movie violence.
3: called "Return to Violence." <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm yes. into that. Um, how about right, the title? Just well, you want to talk about the title decision to leave? Yeah. Well, yeah, it takes are, it takes on new meeting in the final scene. The final yeah, decision to leave right. was yep, yep. a suicide. Right. <laughs> how about okay? Since we spoilers, um, was that motivated that she killed herself? Did I mean it? Gets that's a dramatic scene and oh how wonderful her on the beach digging that hole. But was it? Did it come from the director or did it come from the character? I feel, I feel like
1: most things from this movie came from the director, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I think it's like, it's like a natural conclusion based on what, you know, everything that's happened in the movie, but I don't, you know, when it was happening, I was like, I was more like, it was a little bit of a shock than it felt. It felt like, okay, he's clearly making like somewhat of a grand statement at the end. Um, like, I don't think it would have been as interesting of an ending if it was just like, okay. And then they got married and everything was happy ever after.
0: But when you agree that the ending has to come from the character and not, Something imposed by the director. Yeah, so that's that's why I question, as I question many things about the film, even the ending I question. But so I'm asking if did anybody feel that was motivated, that that was inevitable, that she would kill herself, dependent from what came before. Is that? I'm hearing silence from the other two people. I don't know. <laughs> Bill? I will let Robin <laughs> and Bill. <laughs> yeah. No thoughts. No um, thoughts. Okay. Um,
4: I, I i really don't know i i think i think she's she's kind of stuck because she can't go back to china because it sounds like she's actually wanted for murder of her her actual mom um which is unfortunate um because okay. because her mom asked for it right? right yeah
1: yeah and that adds a very interesting layer with um i don't know i mean i'm sure you guys know a little bit but Tang Wei is like banned from doing chinese films um oh geez because of because of less caution so like it's caused her, she well it's like a media blackout so she can't like there's no press or publicity so I don't think she's made any really anything big I know she was in um she was in like it had to be smaller projects so I know she was in like long journey long days journey into night which is an is an incredible oh, okay. movie um a few years ago and then um obviously like black hat um but she's had to like kind of make I mean, she's been in some I guess yeah but she's had to kind of like skirt the system a lot so it's kind of an interesting
0: parallel to um. Kind of her character here in some ways um the killing of her mother another way okay um are we supposed to believe that her story that the killing of the mother was justified because it's never explained in the movie is she a compulsive liar and and that it wasn't true or oh it was oh okay you're right that's all right that you killed your mother again i think uh, confusion in the movie, something that needs to be either at the end of the movie, it has to turn out, you know, I killed my mother, but she was an old bitch, and that's why I <laughs> killed her. And then we know that she's, you know, killed a couple of people for wrong reasons, but she killed one person for a, a good reason and one person for a bad reason. Is that what, what we end up thinking? Uh, I'm scratching my head again. Anybody <laughs> explain that? The mother, is that okay that she killed her mom? Yeah.
3: I mean, I asked the same question in Drive My Car. Yeah. Another reason why this movie sort of reminded me of it. Um, I don't know. I I found (laughs) everything she said to be dubious. And thus,
0: you
3: know, whether basically it almost doesn't matter to me because you have to take everything this character says with a grain of salt. She's fundamentally untrustable. And even in those final moments, I wasn't even, I was not sure if she was playing him or not. Like, was it another manipulation? And also, did she actually die by suicide? Or did Ah. she lead him to a a further destruction? And why? What would be her motivation? I don't know. But it's just, again, I don't know if I took it for face value. So you
4: think she might still be alive? Huh. i
3: was i was not convinced that she died by the end
4: yeah wow i mean they you know famous game of thrones if you don't show the body then Mm. you know they could (laughs) oh (laughs) game of thrones talk
3: about soap operas the last 70 years of storytelling on television like
4: Mm -hmm.
3: you always got to show the body
4: gotta show the body Okay. Yeah, it
1: felt, it felt no. like quite a final statement but i and i don't think there will be a sequel so we'll never know but it <laughs> felt like that's what i mean i felt like yeah that's this is it but like i said i don't think i think like we kept wondering is he going to discover her and that's where i get a little less you know i feel like he would discover her pretty quickly if the if that shore is so um active with like the tide going in and out and like she didn't really get buried too you know too far down but um
2: but yeah i don't know
1: <laughs> I guess the fact that she's died, she died. It doesn't really matter if she, you know, it'll be a re- resolved case if she does find him, but, uh, or if she is found, but, um, but yeah. Um, all right. Anything else we wanted to touch on? I feel like I took some notes and I feel like I covered all of them. Here. <laughs> um, I'm,
3: I'm surprised because I honestly thought just given the basically universal claim of this film that at least Jordan would have been more enthusiastic about the movie and Bill you tend to be like a little bit more not neutral but like fair you know you you seem no. to enjoy things and not enjoy things and to be honest like i didn't hate this movie um i found it unnecessarily obtuse um it got on my nerves but i recognize as jordan kind of alluded to the the craft elements i recognize the humor in it um it just it just didn't, it didn't pull me in any further than that Uh, other than appreciating it on its like very aesthetic surface. I didn't really get it, but I'm, I thought this conversation would be more me and Jerry fighting against the hordes of praise. And it was really not, I I almost (laughs) feel a little bit bad.
1: No, I, no, I could see. Yeah. I think, I think also too, like just the critical response is, um, you know, it's been six years since his last film and like, I think, I mean, I speaking for myself, like, I guess like that's all I can speak for really is that like, it was just very refreshing to have a new film from him and like, you know, that it wasn't a massive home run is like, there's still enough going on in it that I find like quite fascinating. And obviously like, and and also I will say like, I know at the very top of this show, you know, we talked about, you know, confusing films and confounding films. And like, if you look at like my top 10 of the year, it's usually all films that like are not in Michael Seidel's words, uh, like, neat puzzle box, like, or, sorry, not puzzle boxes, <laughs> but, like, very neat, like, and um, also come up with, like, Banshees of Insurance is a movie I like, but it felt, it feels very, very neat, um, and mm-hmm. so, like, that is nowhere near my top 10, but, like, th- this is a film where, like, I would, i very curious to revisit it, same with, like, Drive My Car Last Year, and, and, um and, it, and actually, this film does actually feel a little bit, like, Mirakami influence in some ways, where it's, like, trying to get the, in, like, latch onto some obtuse thing, um but anyways yeah the i just think the you know the craft alone is is a lot i mean in most reviews i read that is what where the review starts and ends like and so i do think that's um and you know he did win best director i can and i feel like that kind of started the, the the conversation for this film and um and has kind of carried through but um but i i do i mean i i love there's nothing more than i love to like see a film that's like critically acclaimed from all over and like dig into it on a much deeper level and i'm glad that like we were able to have a conversation like this and i'm this is where like you know this is why as the benevolent lord and Ma- master and brian's words like <laughs> i love the podcast because it's uh it's like you know after the hype after the, the festival claim it's like we're really like taking you know after like the first round of critic reviews like it's really taking a deep dive into films and like to actually like pick apart them and like and not like in a nitpicky way but like a you know, let's really lay everything on the table and like full spoilers, and really talk about it. And I think like it brings up a lot of interesting things that are not quite being discussed. So, um, so yeah, so in this particular case, you know, it is interesting to just see another side of uh, of the opinion of it.
3: Um. So, so okay. Out of curiosity, yeah. And and I don't. And this is not like an exhaustive question, but what is swirling in your top ten right now?
1: Oh sure. Um, after sun with a bullet. Uh, mm-hmm. is far and away. I was just a sobbing mess after that movie, and so like <laughs> if a movie can do that to me, it'll uh, it'll it'll be at that. And then um, yeah, Girl in the Spider, the smaller movie from earlier this year is is incredible. That was my number one for up until I saw After Sun. Um, and yeah, I liked uh Mia Hansen Love. I love everything by her. Her new movie, One Fine Morning with Lea Sidhu is is incredible. Um, I liked After Yang a lot. I liked Tar R R R um mm-hmm. all the a great a few great docs all that breeze which just came out is amazing all the beauty in the bloodshed is great descendant which just came out on netflix is up there um there's an amazing movie uh under 90 minutes bill you will love it it's eo uh, jersey <laughs> jersey <laughs> skolameski um is uh comes out later this year it's uh he's an 80 84 year old polish director um and he and i'm sure jerry you might have seen some of his films but um yes. uh-huh. it's a yeah, it's like a um, Brasson, uh inspiration from about this donkey and his travels, and um, <laughs> and it is so visually Fuck inventive. Off and, with uh, these farm, no, animal no, movies. I, <laughs> I am telling you, this is like a, a heavy metal rock star version of like, like not make. Let's like take this concept and make it as cool and interesting as possible. Okay, um, and there's, um, it's just like one of those movies. Like every ten minutes, there's a new idea going on that's like totally where what you don't expect, and it's just like so so fun. Um, and yeah, there's, there's some stuff I saw at NYFF that'll come out next year. Like, um, Albert Sarah's pacifiction is this three hour odyssey of like, in one of those movies where you have no idea what's happening. Speaking of confounding, you have no idea what's happening at any time, yet you are completely gripped at everything. At least I was, um, of this journey. Um, and yeah. And then Kelly Riker's new film. I always love her showing up is great, but that'll, that'll be next year.
3: Mm. Cool beans.
1: Um, Anyways, that's wow. a that's a dump, but
2: yeah. No,
3: there's, no, there's I think that's stuff. helpful. I mean you sometimes our taste is pretty much diametrically opposite, and yet a <laughs> yeah. lot of the movies that you cited here are definitely of interest to me or movies that I did enjoy.
1: Yeah. It's um, a
3: rare, it's a rare overlap
1: when we do come yeah when we do come together it's a beautiful thing robin yes i sharing that
3: agreed um, and i know bill i'm gonna get yours eventually because we're gonna do the uh, you know top 10 episode but mm-hmm. since jerry you're the guest what movies have you actually enjoyed yeah. this year in a movie <laughs> where you haven't you, you've admitted not to
0: enjoying not like a lot it. of movies yeah yeah i've i've not enjoyed very uh, lots of I, I like like everybody lots of documentaries i think navalny might be my favorite mm. documentary oh yeah that. that's great that was great um, I've, I think I like I liked a, lot, a couple of French films. I'm going to forget that. The, I like Paris Thirteenth District. Which mm. uh, anybody see that? That's yeah, uh, Jacques, Jacques like that.
2: Odiard's
1: new movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. I thought that was really great sex scenes, and <laughs> I thought that was a hot movie. That was and a really good good hot. And I forget the other French film about the the abortion. Um, oh yeah, happening. Yeah, the happening. I, I like that a lot. And I'm forgetting titles and the Spanish film about the owner of the factory. Oh,
3: yes. Uh, the Javier Bardem.
0: Uh, yes, I like that film.
3: Whatever that was yeah. called,
2: but whatever bad that boss. was called. I don't know. The bad The
0: Good Boss, the good boss I think. The <laughs> no, opposite of really. the good boss. <laughs> Fine boss film. And mm. and uh, and I and this is really sad. I, I saw After Sun this afternoon, which I liked lots of, but I found Slight frustrations in the enigmas. I thought. Oh no, that's were, my
1: favorite part. Yeah, the ending that's, is
0: so good. All right. Yeah, it's fine. yeah. I, I, my head scratching went back, and I found right. it slightly frustrating. But there are lots of clearly lovely, lovely things in that film. And uh, yeah, and that, a wonderful r- first, wonderful first film. By a very talented yeah. director. So yeah,
1: that. Yeah, Robin. That Robin and Bill. That is the film this year. I'm going to force you guys to do a podcast on. I know I get one pick a year, so uh, I'm sorry. Can and you that one's only ninety. Title? Oh, a- After Sun. Oh, this, After uh, Sun. Oh, after yeah, Sun. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
3: Uh, I. So yeah. Oh my God, it's so funny because I actually started watching it on the plane on Friday, and then the, no,
2: yeah.
3: I was having some issue pausing, and so it only allows you four times to like log in and watch the movie. So I got 20 minutes in, and and the the. Um, the pilot kept talking but i couldn't pause oh, you and so to had to this, is,
1: this is making like the me so sad yeah, couldn't understand you their irish accent was on the plane find theater? <laughs> oh wait are we oh, wait. oh uh, yeah scottish yeah um, no they're irish in in after some yeah or are you talking about banshee really she's a scottish director okay that's interesting um, paul
3: yeah. th- those were definitely irish accents all
1: right paul mistel right. is irish all right. he, well, either uh, way,
3: these uh, well, British Isles for, the lo- for the love of God,
1: do not uh just stop and go to a theater and watch it. Please. Oh no, it's I'm gonna re- I'm gonna
3: watch it. Like it's a movie that was basically made for okay. me, and I was enjoying uh-huh. it, but it was not the right setting. And yes, yes,
0: okay, okay, yeah. that is good. They mentioned Galway, yeah. so I think it was Scottish, but I'm not sure either if it was if they were Scottish or Irish. Is it Galway, Ireland? Is it? Oh, Galway. Oh, I, I, is that what they mentioned? What's the cat? No, not God. Gal- no, I'm sorry. Belfast. Uh, not Galway. No, no. that's Belfast. definitely an
3: Ireland. Well, that's Northern Ireland. But yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm getting everything. Oh, yeah. But also, One Fine Morning. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thanks for mentioning so that. One yeah. Fine Morning. That's such awesome. a lovely movie. Yeah that, yeah. that was great. But here's one that I liked suddenly that everybody seems to hate. I just saw Causeway.
2: Mm, oh, that, yeah. Jennifer I'm, Lawrence. I'm
0: I yeah, and people yeah. say, well, it's a terrible mm. movie except for the one performance. I thought that, I thought it was very nice, very clean movie, scene after scene, very nicely done. Um, hmm. yeah, that'll do on, um, yeah, that'll be on Apple TV Plus,
1: I think by the time this episode drops. I no, it's, it's already uh, yeah. yeah.
0: The fact that yeah, that Jennifer Lawrence is well, being this, this, dumped the, yeah. that she's not the film is playing nowhere <laughs> with Jennifer Lawrence in the lead. That says tells you what the studios or what yeah. theaters think about Don't look yeah twenty four that yeah
1: yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, I'm curious about that yeah. one yeah um, yeah yeah there's some I mean there's some few things you know the like fablemans I'm seeing this week I'm excited to see that uh, then Avatar what's left that's about it
0: Babylon. yeah now there's but uh class onion there's Babylon by yeah that could, that could be good yep. I'm looking look forward to the minutes. wonder
3: I'm looking forward oh yeah to... that could be good. Uh, Lady Chatterley's Lover. Yeah, I I gotta go old school here.
0: That sounds good.
4: Well, yeah, this so has been
3: exciting. Nice. I, I'm glad to hear yeah. movies that you enjoy, Bill. I mean, we'll we'll definitely talk more. I don't yeah, Bill,
1: do not spoil your choices. And yeah, Robin. No, I don't want to no hear, hear yours either. Yeah, I won't.
3: <laughs> and I won't spoil mine either.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Except I like well, you won't yeah. be alone. And Jordan Ugh, hated, oh. hated that movie. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a great Halloween I'm, I'm,
3: viewing.
1: That is the one where I'm the outsider yes. jerk because it is. Oh. It is also I think 90 percent or so on Rotten Tomatoes and I and I. I, Which, I was film? Falling my Which film? I'm sorry. Which film? You won't. You won't be alone. It came out in like April. Numi Rapas is stars in it.
2: And
3: Alice O'Gort. Um, Anglort. Yeah, yeah,
0: Anglort. Who is the director? Somebody. Uh, it's he's a, new, a Macedonian it was his, Australian director. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, right.
1: Goran something. Yeah, uh, he actually has a new movie. He already shot his next movie. That Focus Features already acquired. It'll come out next year. So yeah, Goran Um tries to be Terrence Malick and just doesn't doesn't get there. I'm sorry, buddy. Get uh,
3: <laughs> I liked it, but I like which movies I so. Know.
0: Oh yeah, I I think I saw that. That was okay. Yeah, that was that was nice. That was okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but so I hope so. The movie that I've been railing about on Facebook, the movie. You know that I really can't stand is Tar, and nobody mentioned that. <laughs> oh. Nobody mentioned that among their favorite films. Oh, I know I, I No, I, no, I, I did. That it's a in my. It's in mine. It's, up, it's That's in yours. my top ten. Yeah, but no, I can see why sorry. people
3: don't like it. Um, oh, and, me too. And we're yes. definitely going to yeah. talk about it during our episode, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's a it's a chewy movie and
1: chewy. That's good. <laughs> yeah, the big chew, which that that director invented, co-created big chewing gum. Do you know that?
3: Wait, no. what?
1: You'll talk about it. Huh. Do you know a Big Big League Chew or yeah? I think it's no. called something. Yeah, yeah. Big League Chew. He co-created that when he was like 16 years old. Um, Wait, it's, it's a crazy what? story. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I am not kidding. He. Uh, I don't know. It sounds like a Bubba mysa. I I promise you, it's real. Todd Field. He has a wild, wild career. Okay. Only he only directed three movies, but uh, started yeah. a bunch of interesting ones. And he and he yeah he co-created Big League Chew. Um, huh. Yeah. Yeah,
0: quite fascinating. So, on that note, on um, that note. (laughs) By the way, thanks for inviting me. Um, Oh, absolutely. You were three wise people. That was really. uh, You all know so much about film and speak about them in such a lovely, passionate, articulate way. It was really a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you. And let's give us a chance to uh,
3: let the audience know how to find you, Jerry.
0: Um, well, I'm mostly, I, I write for the Arts Fuse in Boston, which is a a, a website, but I'm mostly, you can f- friend me on Facebook, and I, um, I'm someone who takes Facebook very seriously, and I write <laughs> sort of, I, I call them like haiku, two-paragraph reviews of all kinds of books and movies and sometimes political opinions. And, and cooking. Uh, and cooking, and I put up my recipes, and Robin and I compare recipes and Robin is getting too good. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Ro- yes.
1: Robin's cooking is just out of this world. And out that, that world. is actually the, the number one reason yeah. to join Slack is like just seeing those photos she posts. Oh, man. Um, Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Um,
0: so so movies, books, and food. If you read Gerald Perry, look for me on Facebook.
4: Sweet.
1: Awesome. Well, yeah, we're very glad to have you. Um, Thank you. Bill. Bill, where can people find you?
4: Uh, you can find me mixing it up on the Slack channel as always, and then on Instagram at Billstagram. Otherwise, I don't tweet much. Yeah. Cool. And Robin?
3: Uh, yeah, uh, Twitter for now. Um, at Robin Bar R O B Y N B A H R. I'm also on Letterboxd and uh, you know Instagram too. Cool.
1: Um, and as we hinted at, there are a handful of films that we have in the queue to discuss uh the dates of which are tbd but uh just in case mm-hmm. you guys are wondering out there in listenership world um what you want to what you should go see uh i know tar armageddon time mm-hmm. the Banshees of insurance and the fablemans are all top priorities um over the next month or so so yes For sure. um cool and yeah and you can once again thank you to our sponsors Mubi, um who in synchronous fashion uh released this film as well hopefully they enjoy this episode uh and and yeah and this and decisional leave is in theaters i believe it as this episode posts it's in like the widest release yet so if you haven't seen it yet uh you should go find a a theater and go see it at least that's what i say um and then uh, i think it's on it'll be on movie by the end of the year too so if it didn't come to you uh, you'll have a chance to see it there Um, And yeah, you can find me on Twitter at J.P. Raup. And uh, yeah, we'll have a lot of year end coverage coming up on the film stage uh, before you know it. So stay tuned to that. Um, And thank you. Have a great night, everyone. Bye. Good night.